0: Ah, two, three, four. Oh, trendsetters, how would you like me to coach you for just as little as 60 bucks and take your training to new levels? Simply join at trainsmove.com. G'day, trendsetters. Welcome to episode 386 of the Train Smooth Podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have any questions, jump on through to the website, trainsmove.com. Send me through an email, tim at trainsmove.com. It's good to have your company. The other day, I was driving um, somewhere with the family, doing that whole family knock-around thing, go to a, a, an old power museum, um, and some, I forget what happened, but my son made mention about the podcast, and my wife goes, do you still do the podcast? And I go, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm getting pretty close to episode 400, she goes, Really? I didn't think you did it anymore. And, you know, for the people that have been tuning in for a while, you know, God bless you. Uh, the, You know, I when I originally was about to start, I said, I'm thinking of starting up a podcast. She goes, okay, yeah, yeah. And because I don't, I don't talk about any of this stuff, because they're not interested. And so we're getting to episode 100, and I said, yeah, episode 100 coming up with a podcast. She goes, have you got a podcast? Yeah, 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 episode 100. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. And then episode 200 clicks along, and I go, can you believe it? Almost at 200. Have you, you got a podcast? Yes. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so, it's a surprise by the wife that I'm still still at it. Anyway. So, his question, I'm trying to find it. This is... This, Maybe I shouldn't have a podcast because I can't. I'm not exactly organised. Comes from Anmen, who writes, "What the hell is CTL ATL TSB TSS?" So he's uh, and he writes. I'll, I'll explain all this in a second. I read about them on Training Peaks and watch videos, but I still ha- don't understand it. A, what is the applications of each data point? Two, also can you explain normalised power versus average power? A, how can this information be applied? So, um, so straight off the bat, CTL is Chronic Training Load. Um, the ATL is Acute Training Load, and I'll come back and explain everything in a second. Uh, TSB is training stress balance, and TSS is training stress score. Or, so, you are using this within Training Peaks. Um, I do have a Training Peaks account, but I haven't looked sideways at it in three hundred years. Um, I use Final Surge as my main coaching platform, but I also have a Today's Plan account, which go which is very analytical, and they use this pretty well this same same stuff as well but they don't call it um, tss or training stress scores they call it t-score um but but the principles are are pretty much the same with it and it's so great to geek out on (laughs) i love it um what the hell is each application a data point for so your training um your chronic training load that's the, the everything has a, a particular point and i can't sit back and say one's more important than the other but i do say i like looking at the chronic training load number and the stress goals the most i tend to i tend to geek out on them the most and i'll come up with little little th- things to come up with here so your um, chronic training load that's basically how fit you are your your current fitness level which more more or less that um now you can see where you we see where you're at, and then you can kind of predict where you want to be come race day. So let's say um, you've got a race coming up in twelve weeks. It's a it's a half Ironman. You you want to have a rough idea what your chronic training load numbers wants to be for you to peak in that. Ballpark. Now, this is if we're going purely off data here, off, off all this good stuff. So, on average, you're... Um, so, so, I've got to... For people that may tune in and listen to my whinging, whining voice a little, you've... I've got... Since... 2015. I've got a black book that I've get, that I write in all the time of little notes, things I've read in um, books, things I may read in a magazine or listen to in a podcast or watch a YouTube video, or you know, it's hundred. I just I'm actually in the process of getting all that information because it's really thick and I've got to. You know, it's the most used book I have in the house because I'm always every at least once a week I'm going back to this book, especially when I'm writing programs out for athletes. I'll be constantly flicking back and think oh well what's this what's that and so, so anyone who wants to be a coach I recommend getting a good quality notepad and jotting everything down but I'm in the process of actually writing it typing it all out onto a word document because you know out of the couple of hundred pages of note notebook that I have it's um, it's probably only about 20 pages worth of stuff I keep i like i like to refer back to so uh, five hundred five hundred and seventy 570 pages the book is and i'm almost filled it um so that actually just took me by surprise so um you want to c- c- come up with um your goals for chronic training load so these are just ballpark figures so um just to become an ironman finisher your chronic training load number for your bike is going to be between 15 to 25 percent of your ftp um, a Kona age group qualifier is going to be somewhere around 20 to 30% of your FTP. Um, your Kona elite qualifier is going to be w- um, over 30%. And I would imagine someone like Jan Fredino's or, or in that ballpark of Jan Fredino's going to be somewhere between 35 and 40% of their chronic training load, of their FTP, sorry. So let's just say, for, um, for instance, you got a. Uh, um, a race coming up, twelve weeks from now, and you you want to hit your chronic training load number of um, let's let's just say it's eighty, for instance, or let, let's say it's a hundred, nicely e- even numbers. And, you, and your your cu- current um, chronic training load seventy, for instance. So you got to so you get right. I've got to increase my chronic training load by thirty over twelve weeks. <laughs> now that I've just said it out loud that's a lot of work you've got ahead of yourself but so you divide that in between um, the 12 weeks you have you think all right, Well, I've got to hit you know, over those 30 extra chronic training load numbers over to split that between 12 weeks so now you have a guide with what you're trying to achieve each week so you go um, right I need to increase it by X amount each week uh, 30 divided by 12. I've got a calculator in front of me. Yeah, go, man. Oh, well, it's not that bad. It's actually only two and a half uh, increase per week. So, and, that, and that's actually doable. Um, so, you can have measure. So, you know, for me to get to that next two and a half point between Monday and Sunday, I need to put this bike ride in. I need to do that bike ride and this bike ride. And it, it uh, rewards consistency as well. So, the more consistent you are, be the reward you get sick or anything you know you have to spend some time off your bike you watch that number drop ridiculously fast and you think Aah! so these are just numbers we're playing with too this is just one way to get where you're trying to get to but they're, but they're cool to watch um, so for, for your run however it's a little bit different trying to come up with your chronic training load it's um, it's a lot easier if, uh, if you have a power meter for the run um, it goes on um, you, uh, your FTP, um, your FTP or your critical power, your training functional threshold power, based in kilometres per hour, and so you're looking at a finisher to be um, 1.5 times your um, FTP at kilometers per hour, uh, your mid-pack is looking between one and a half to three to three times your um, FTP at kilometers per hour, um, you would imagine someone like Jan Fredino, for instance, is going to be somewhere closer to, um, I would guess, around five times his kilometers per hour, there, thereabouts, and And those numbers are pretty close to being on the mark for 70.3 as well. So that's how you would come up with your chronic training load numbers. So sorry if I'm... I hope I'm explaining this right. So um, your acute training load, that's just a measure of your fatigue, um, your training stress balance. Basically what your training stress balance is is a measure of form. So it's a balance between chronic training load and acute training load. form comes from between... Um, when fitness is high and freshness is positive so when your acute training load and chronic training loads are high the results are going to be in the negative when it comes to to, um, training stress balance Um, this one becomes a little bit more important um, when you're tapering more than anything you'll see these things really change or if you're becoming really inconsistent, you think, oh, crikey. Uh, your training stress scores there, um, there's a number I like to, to to look at more than anything. I think for, um, depends what your goals are, depends how important they can be. If your goal's Kona, I think your total stress score becomes, um, and a lot of this becomes important when Kona's the goal. Um, but your stress score becomes probably that little bit more important when um, when Kona is on the target. I think the um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I think the payment to get into Kona is you need a solid six months. Twelve months would be better, but at least six months straight of your t- of your. St- Total stress score to be around 1,000 plus per week, and you don't want that dipping too far under that very often, if not at all. So that that's uh, that probably could, does become a lot more important when we're dealing at the front of the pack athletes. And so, and then you, um, I don't know if you've said it. You, another a key indicator, a key number to look at, well, to help gauge all this too, comes from your um, intensity factor as well so and that that's basically quantified of your normalized power um so your other one is your normalized power what is it can you explain normalized power versus average power so your normalized power if if you're um they are different your average power is going to be generally a lot lower than your normalized powers because it's taking account um normalized power takes into account that you're going downhill you've got a bit of you know stopped at least slowing down for lights or whatever so it, it can take a lot of the bollocks out of it what you're doing so you would not average training power should be lower because you think oh well, i did roll down that hill not pedaling a while or only you know i went from an average of 200 watts down to 100 watts in the tailwind you know i was just cruising or it's a that's it a lot of athletes talk about normalized power and average power um it's not i don't i struggle to think it's that average power i don't find important at all normalized power yeah um i don't find it as important i it's nice to look at when you're analyzing a race or a particular session you can look at your first 30 minutes versus your last 30 minutes and then middles and break it all up nicely has that other little bit of data point to look at um and then you can if you had a race that was pure flat and your race watts were 200 watts well then you would expect your normalized power and your average power to be pretty damn close to each other um and, and that's cool to see but that doesn't happen very often um but i don't, i heard just the other day um i was listening i I won't mention his name but it was was a pretty pretty well-known coach who was saying uh, talking about power meters and they're saying all you got to do is set your watts for what you want to do on the race and just that it's just like cheating and i was thinking to myself did he just say that i i could not disagree anymore um it was such a bizarre and i'm sure I'm taking him out of contents, and I'm sure he meant something a little bit different on the, on the verges of what I'm about to say, but just say, oh, you know, I've got to average 200 watts, so I'll just sit at 200 watts, no, that's, um, I think that's a recipe for disaster, you, you've got to, you know, you, yeah, you should, if you're going to race by power, it's good to have a power number set to, for race, for race day and you get and you can have a guide about what those power numbers are on the website trainsmove.com up on the resources click on resources and go down to um race day power or something like that it is but it'll give you percentages but um but you need an idea of um let's say you're going to be averaging 200 watts for your race well that that that's nice but what about uphill? What are you going to do downhill? What are you going to do in a headwind? What are you going to do in a tailwind? These are all numbers you need to know. So it's just sitting on the same number for a race. I've never had a race where... And none of the athletes I coach have ever had a race where you can say, oh, just sit on 200. Or just sit on this number and hold that for the entire race. It doesn't quite work that way. Um, So I thought that was a bit irresponsible of them. I'm having a side note here, so I do apologise, but... Um but for yourself um yeah unfortunately, final Surge, the my main coaching program I use doesn't offer the all these cool stuff, unfortunately, and I think they will eventually um but at this stage they're ch- they're chasing other things um but you'd be surprised how close we get. Using just knowledge, um, feedback from athletes, um, you know, just history. I guess I'm I'm really struggling to find the words, the right wording here, but you get close to these numbers by just normal, consistent training and having a proper mud map to that final. Um, Start well, to the starting line to to the race so while these can be can be important they're far from necessary and i would argue most athletes don't look sideways at these numbers um but the data-driven athletes yeah they lo- they love all this and i do love all this stuff too i i can geek out all day at these sort of numbers and and look at trends and think oh well why why did that spike there and it didn't go and why did it drop so much and then you you can can pick up on trends but it it also helps more for creating a, a a nice even mud map to to race day i hope that helps i think i've just confused everyone even more but um oh i have to write a blog i think and describe um, and write out all these percentages on on all that. So everyone can click on and have a little looky. If you guys have any other questions, jump on through to the website trainsmooth.com. Until next episode. Hooroo.